0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Voris at Work podcast. My name is Jackie Ford. I'm a partner in the Labor and Employment Group at the Voris Law Firm and your host for our podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about employment-related issues created by medical marijuana. We'll talk a little bit about recreational marijuana perhaps but really our focus today is on medical marijuana and the implications that the changing law in that area has for your workplace as you as you probably all know state marijuana laws have been changing rapidly and for many employers just trying to keep up with all that is sort of a modern day version of reefer madness okay okay now try to stop making marijuana jokes. But um, seriously, on today's podcast, we'll talk about what employers really do need to know about this legal landscape of marijuana legalization, um, why an employer in one state ought to know and keep up on what's happening uh, in this uh, changing legal area in other states beyond them. Um, we'll talk about some drug testing issues. What are the implications of this changing set of laws in terms of your drug testing policies uh, and how to handle the results of those policies. Um, We'll talk about uh, immigration-related issues that you may not have thought of in in relationship to marijuana. Um, And we'll talk about the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and its state law equivalents, and when, if ever, do you need to provide an accommodation if someone says, hey, I've got a disability or other medical condition. I am treating that condition with a marijuana product. That's why I'm testing positive under your drug testing policy. Do you need to ever accommodate that? So that's the broad range of lots of things that we'll get to today under this overall umbrella of talking about marijuana law. And joining me on the podcast to talk about all this today is my colleague, Mike Griffithon. Mike is of counsel in the Labor and Employment Group at Voorhees, and in our government relations group as well. Mike, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Jackie. I'm happy to be here.
0: Now, Mike, before we get started, I just want everyone to know um, that you really are, without question, the go-to expert on marijuana legislation really across the 50 states. Um, Makes me kind of wonder, I mean, when you were in law school, did you dream of your future career and think, wow, I, I really hope I get to be the expert on marijuana law?
1: No, and I wish I was more prescient back in 1993, but then only 30% of the population favored legalization. And I didn't think the grass would be as green as it is now when we're looking at maybe a $19 billion semi-legitimate industry within the next three years.
0: Well, there's no question that there is definitely a lot of money being made and a lot of money to be made Um, in marijuana now that it is becoming legal for some purposes in some locations, both in the U.S. and and in other countries. But uh, all all kidding aside and all our our marijuana uh, jokes aside, really, let's get started on on some of the more serious uh, aspects of this. Um, What's going on in terms of developments in marijuana uh, legislation? Well, first and
1: foremost, I want to remind everyone that regardless of Legalization you may read about at the state level. Marijuana remains illegal under federal law. And the Americans with Disabilities Act does not protect current use of illegal drugs, including marijuana, whether medical marijuana or not. Um, That said, support for legalization of marijuana continues to rise. In the last polls we have from October 2018 showed 66% of the country support legalization, and that's 74% of millennials. And this crosses regional age and political parties. Currently, 33 states and DC have legalized medical marijuana. 10 states in DC have legalized recreational marijuana. And that means more than 200 million people, more than 62% of our population live where medical marijuana is legal and more than 20% live where recreational marijuana is legal. This is clearly a growing trend.
0: Well, and it also though is part of a growing and persistent uh, fundamental contradiction, right, between state and federal law in lots of parts of the country. As you've, as you've mentioned, marijuana may be legal in some places under state law, either recreationally or medically, but it is illegal for all purposes under federal law. It's considered a, a Schedule one drug. Um, is there any suggestion from what you've been seeing, Mike, that there might be any shift in that, any change in the federal government's position on marijuana?
1: Yes. Well, it's hard to predict what the current administration is going to do on any particular topic, but we have seen recent changes both legislative changes, agency changes, and enforcement position changes. Um, There have been requests for decades to reschedule marijuana from a Schedule I controlled substance to a Schedule II. Not sure where that stands now, but with the Democrats who control the House of Representatives, it's likely there will be some movement. How successful that will be ultimately remains to be seen. Uh, Last June, the FDA approved the first drug Made out of an active ingredient derived from marijuana. Um, it's used to treat rare, severe forms of epilepsy. Um, it's non psychoactive. At the same time, the FDA said it's going to take legal action, take action against illegal, fraudulent marketing of CBD oil products that's claimed to cure everything from baldness to PTSD.
0: And, Mike, can I just ask you, when you say CBD products, what does that mean exactly?
1: Uh, CBD is cannabid oil. It's derived from uh, cannabis plant from marijuana, and it's either it – can be either psychoactive or non-psychoactive. So the non-psychoactive doesn't contain THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana that gets you high um, – and does have some apparent medical uses, as the FDA is just uh, recognized. Uh, in December, the Congress passed the Farm Bill; the President signed it. That was enacted into law, which legalizes hemp. And there's some enforcement changes at the Department of Justice as well. You know, former U.S. Attorney General Sessions, we know, is openly hostile to legalization. He's quoted as saying that we must not capitulate intellectually or morally to drug use. We must create and foster a culture that's hostile to drug use. And there's conflicting enforcer positions among the U.S. attorneys. Uh, For example, the U.S. attorney in Massachusetts has said that he's not able to provide assurances that he's not going to go after medical marijuana or recreational marijuana users. The U.S. attorney in Colorado, on the other hand, said he's going to focus on prosecuting those who create the greatest safety threats to our communities around the state. In other words, he probably has better things to do with his resources than to worry about grandma using marijuana treat her glaucoma or if Billy's using pot on the UC campus.
0: Right. So I think what you're telling us is that in addition to the fundamental conflict or tension between state law and federal law, there's also a tremendous variance and in inconsistency within the federal government as to the extent to which uh, these marijuana restrictions are even being enforced.
1: Absolutely. And our new U.S. Attorney General, William Barr, is also opposed to marijuana legalization, but he's said in his Senate Judiciary confirmation hearings that he is not interested in going after marijuana growers and distributors in states that allow marijuana use. Um, And he said that he supports the expansion of marijuana manufacturers for scientific research purposes. And so we see a slight shift at the federal level. We need to see how that plays out in the coming months and years.
0: Well, and then there's another layer of that federal enforcement that has to do with immigration, of all things. Um, You know, we we had thought that perhaps after that shift on hemp and some of the other, you know, sort of slight cracks in the wall uh, of the federal unanimous position, um, that there might, that might be the end of it. But in fact, uh, what we've been hearing is there's a really significant immigration-related aspect to this. Um, And what's been happening apparently, particularly at the Canadian border, is that um, foreign nationals coming into this country are being asked questions occasionally by some uh, border security, um, as to their involvement currently or ever in the marijuana business, any aspect of the marijuana business in their home country, and their own personal use of marijuana products. Uh, And it is possible if the answer to either one of those questions is, yes, I have been involved in that business, or yes, I have used marijuana products myself personally, there is a possibility of a lifetime ban. Uh, for individuals coming into the U.S. for other countries. And it's sort of particularly um, ironic, uh, in some cases they're coming in, you know, the northern border into um, Seattle where uh, medical marijuana is legal and it was legal when the individual used it or was in the business with it in their home country in Canada, Um, yet now it is viewed by the U.S. as as, uh, involvement in, um, uh, or aiding and abetting drug trafficking, and it can result in a lifetime ban. So, we're actually in one of our other podcast episodes. We're going to be talking about um, immigration issues, and this is one of them that that employers need to know about. But I just wanted to tee it up today, too, to kind of to your point about um, you know an inconsistent and, and shifting landscape. Um, so, going back to what we're talking about on the state level, Mike. Um, multi-state employers have to navigate a lot of rules, some of them um, varying or even contradictory, about um, both medical and recreational marijuana, right?
1: Absolutely, and the rules really depend on the state you're in. Um, For example, some states protect employees from adverse employment actions, being disciplined, being terminated, for using lawful products off-duty. Now typically this was tobacco use. And there haven't been any cases I've seen where a recreational marijuana user claimed the protection of one of these lawful off-duty statutes. Um, but it may be different with medical marijuana. But you know, the Colorado Supreme Court held that Colorado's off-duty use statute did not protect the use of medical marijuana. Hmm. So if you're in Colorado, you're probably not going to be protected for using recreational marijuana either. You know, most of these employment issues we see coming up surround medical marijuana use. And for those, employers will have a potpourri of questions, um, the answers of which vary widely based on state law. You know, for example, some employers may be wondering, even though in the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA doesn't protect users of illegal drugs, do I have to accommodate my employees who use medical marijuana in the office? The answer is certainly not not in the office. Nearly every state's marijuana law carves out an exemption providing that the employer does not have to tolerate the on-site use of medical marijuana. Just like alcohol or prescription drug or any other drug use, you don't need to permit um, impaired employees at work.
0: Well, and and I just want to say I think that's one of the underlying issues here is that Currently, all these forms of marijuana um, produce an impairment, right? And that that's really, you know, what makes it such a difficult issue is you may be using this drug legitimately as part of a treatment program for a disability or something, but um, because of those psychoactive properties, that's really where the employment-related issue arises.
1: That's right. And one of the big issues with marijuana um under drug testing. Um, states impose a variety of conditions on drug testing and drug tests only measure the presence of marijuana metabolites. The drug tests will not actually show whether the employee was under the influence or impaired at work by using marijuana. That's why it's critical that employers train their supervisors and managers to identify signs of substance abuse, you know, performance deficiencies, odd behavior, um, any indication of impairment? Um, because a drug test, after the fact, isn't going to show whether or not the person was impaired by marijuana or
0: not. Right, because that test is only going to show that you still have a substance uh, in your bloodstream. Uh, it doesn't indicate how long it's been there, whether you were uh, under the influence of it in a way uh, that was an impairment during any of your of your working time,
1: right? That's correct. Uh, Another key question is, can an employer terminate an employee who uses medical marijuana in violation of a drug-free workplace policy? Almost certainly, yes, if the use is at work. But an employer's ability to terminate a qualified user for off-site medical marijuana use depends on the jurisdiction.
0: And, And Mike, by qualified user, what does that term mean?
1: This is a lot like the prima facie case for employment discrimination. You have to meet three conditions to be a qualified user. First, you have to have a qualifying medical condition that allows you to use medical marijuana. Broadly defined under state law, and different states define that differently. Oklahoma doesn't list any qualifying conditions, but leaves it to the physician's determination. Um, states like Massachusetts and Ohio have a laundry list of qualifying conditions. Uh, second, in addition to having a qualifying condition, you have to use the marijuana in a qualified manner. Some states like Ohio forbid smoking medical marijuana. So if the person is smoking marijuana, it's not protected even if it was medical. Um, also, some states, most states in fact, prohibit medical marijuana in packaging that is meant to mimic children's candy or that would be enticing to children. And so if an employee is using medical marijuana and it looks like gummy bears and it's in a very brightly colored package that a child might like, that may not be a qualifying use either. And third, the use has to be in a qualified place Generally, that means an employee, a person can't use medical marijuana in a public place when operating or riding in a car and not in the workplace.
0: Wow, so uh, the devil's in the details as to who is a qualified user and when that uh, off-duty use is is going to be protected. And that, of course, has implications for state law on on. You know whether you can take action against those folks if you if you really think there's been some sort of impairment or violation of your policy right that's correct
1: um many states including california michigan new Mexico, and ohio permitted an employer to terminate a current employee who tests positive for medical marijuana other states look at the issue very differently arizona connecticut florida oregon and dc just to name a few only permit a termination if the employee used or was under the influence of medical marijuana while at work, or if the medical marijuana consumption resulted in some sort of negligence. Again, it's a much higher standard than the employer, you know, test the person, they test positive, and you terminate.
0: Those are really significant differences, Mike, and complicated ones. Um, even if you're not a multi-state employer, just within your own state, making sure that your policy meets these various elements, and not just your drug testing policy per se, but your broader policies about uh, use of of various medications and and how those are and are not going to be accommodated. And to that point, what about that other side of the coin? What about the employee who tests positive for marijuana under your drug testing program, and says, well, I need you to accommodate that for medical reasons. I'm taking it pursuant to this disability. Here's some information from my doctor. Uh, What about that scenario, Mike? How does that play out under state law?
1: Well, employers don't have to permit or accommodate medical marijuana use at work in the workplace. But once again, whether you need to accommodate a medical marijuana user who tests positive and they used it off duty at home really does differ by state. Georgia and Ohio, for example, expressly state that an employer does not have to accommodate medical marijuana use off duty or on duty. The law is very different in Nevada, which requires an employer to make reasonable accommodations for medical marijuana user. Most laws are silent on the issue. That gives the employer very little guidance on how these medical marijuana laws are going to intersect with existing state and federal disability laws. And courts are just beginning to issue decisions on this. Um, The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court, the highest court in Massachusetts, has held that under state law, employers must engage in the interactive process to determine whether a medical marijuana user can be accommodated. Now, saying the fact that the federal Americans with Disabilities Act holds the opposite. So you may have under a state civil rights law an obligation to talk with the employee to see if there's some way to accommodate their medical marijuana use. There may not be, but the courts are saying that you have to at least engage in this dialogue first. In uh, the language in many states, marijuana statutes only speaks to an employer's ability to refuse accommodations for on-site use, which may imply that there's an obligation that's different when the use is exclusively off-site and right. not otherwise impaired at work.
0: Right. So there are clear demarcation points of what we might call time, place, and manner, right? You know, where was uh, this substance ingested um, or otherwise used? Uh, did it cause an impairment at the workplace? Uh, what is the work-related um, sort of nexus there? Again, varying fairly significantly from state to state. and. I think as all of that plays out, Mike, uh, employers are really going to have to stay on top of individual regulations within the states in which they operate, but also how the pieces of their compliance and safety programs fit together. Um, So, for example, you might have drug-free workplace policies that are part of, and and a smart part, of um, safety and accident prevention programs. But the details of those might need to be reexamined on an ongoing basis as they relate to your reasonable accommodation procedures or your, you know, workplace drug testing and other safety plans all need to work together and be consistent with the legal obligations. So this issue doesn't just exist or doesn't, you know, just live within your drug testing policy or even your safety policy. It actually, you know, crosses uh, more broadly into your compliance as a whole. So. I think from our conversation today, I think we're ending with basically three major takeaways that I think um, our friends in the HR world and their in-house counsel need to be paying attention to. Um, Number one, it is just extremely important that you keep up with changes in this area of the law. Again, not just within your own state. Um, but what you see in other states as well. You know, what what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas, and what happens in marijuana in a neighboring state may very well be headed uh, your way, too. And you might have uh, workers or contractors uh, in more than one state that you might have to pay attention to on these issues. Um, secondly, pay attention to the uh, complexities of the accommodation process when someone uh, who has a disability uh, is also testing positive uh, for marijuana or coming forward and telling you that they are um, taking marijuana in treatment of that kind of a condition. Um, anytime you're in that zone, I think you need to tread very carefully and uh, probably get your assistance of legal counsel uh, before you make decisions on accommodating um, those who test positive for marijuana. And uh, again, I think, the you know, the other part of that is um, keeping in mind that the marijuana changes don't sit on their own, they relate to immigration, um, they relate to recruiting and testing and screening, um, and, and a wide variety of issues. So. Hopefully, we've we've let you guys know today of some of the main things you need to be keeping on top of, and our our podcast today has given you some tips and some um, things to be thinking about as you move forward and and keep your policies up to date. If you need help in putting together those policies or or keeping them current. Um, and giving them some built-in flexibility so that they can adapt, um, you know, as as laws change. Um, Certainly, um, you can reach out to me. You can certainly reach out to Mike, who, as I said, is our uh, 50-state expert on um, on marijuana law to help you do that. Um, Mike, thank you again for all your insights and a great conversation today. Uh, And thank all of you for listening. And now, let's get back to work.